Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. You're a little anxious, or you might be nervous, and you just need that one person to give you some confidence to make you feel better. So I was on my way up to church this evening, and it was me and Bria. So I said, Bri, are, are you going to, because we were talking about the other day, she said, I'm going to sit at church next to mommy and listen to daddy speak. So I said, Bri, are you ready to listen to daddy today? She was like, yes. And I was like, Nana's coming too. She was like, oh, I can stay with mommy and Nana and go to Nana's house. And I was like, I don't know about all that. But she was excited. And then five minutes later, she said, daddy, I'm going to nursery. And I was like, why? She was like, I want my snack. <laughs> I said, you're going to miss daddy preaching for your snack? She said, oh, I'll hear you in passing when I go to the bathroom. (laughs) So you think you got that one person in your corner, and she'd rather have snack time. (laughs) Amen. So I I believe the the message that I have for this evening, it can really really help us. It's something that I've tried my best to live by. Obviously, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. But whenever I go through trials and, and struggles, it's been something that's really helped me. So as we go on, just make sure you have your pens and papers and tablets, and there's going to be a lot of notes. But in the beginning, just kind of bear with me. So one thing I do full time all year long is I coach. So with that, you, you deal with all different types of kids. So we have practices. you got to prepare them for the games. you got to prepare them for pressure situations. So in their mind, they have to run an unbelievable amount. In my mind, you just need to get on the line and do what you're supposed to do. So when, you, when you're in those situations, you get different types of kids. You, you get the kids who run and, and they go hard every single time and it's exactly what you asked for. Then you get the kids who, like Coach, Coach Dave loves these ones, the ones who they just, their arms are just shaking, their heads moving, everything's going, but they're not going anywhere. They just want it to look like they're going hard because they want you to feel sorry for them. Or you get the kids who, these are probably my favorite ones, is the ones who just start breathing loud out of nowhere because they want sympathy. Like, you weren't doing any of that. The sprint's over with and everybody's quiet. But when we're running, they want to, <sighs> they want to do all that stuff, looking for sympathy. So... We can be those same ways when we go through trials. And, it's, and in those situations when they're running, it's never until they're like, you know what? I've done this before. Coach Bryan's made me do this before. I've gotten through it. Let me just stop pouting and get it done. And as believers, we can go through some of the same situations where we're in trials and we're in a battle. And, in, and the first thing we want to do, we want to pout. We want to call somebody. We want to complain. We want to say, why me? We want to just act like the problem doesn't exist, and then it's not until we remember, you know what, God's got me through something before. I can handle this. But when you're going through it, it's not always, it's not always that simple. And so I just wanted to share just a couple situations where the, the enemy will definitely try to attack you. He can attack your kids, um, your job, family, health, whatever the case may be. I remember years ago, um, when my wife was pregnant, first time, first time before we had Bria, she had a miscarriage, and a couple months passed, 
and she was pregnant again. And we had a service at the old building, and I, I can't remember if it was a rally or what, what was going on, but I remember Pastor Abe was there, and there was a call, and we came forward, and I remember him praying. I remember him putting his hand on my wife, and we had our hands together, and we are praying, and he said, this pregnancy is going to be perfect. And everything about it was going to be perfect. And then seven months later, she has Bria, and Bria's born, and she's not breathing, and, and things like that. So you could get in that stage where you're like, well, we just prayed for this. The pastor just prayed for this. How did this happen? And then you get in the why phase, and you can why yourself all the way to leaving the faith and backsliding. Or you can get to the point where your faith can grow. And we'll get into that as we continue on. So there's other situations I've had where I started a basketball program out of a school from scratch. And, and we took some kids who their high schools kind of looked at them as an afterthought. And we were able to help them and develop them. And they were able to get college scholarships that people would have never thought could have happened. And then as it grows, you start to get people who want to attack you and attack your character and you get it on a public level where you even have um, remember one time there was an article it was even in the Dallas Morning News where there's a kid who came to our school from Louisville High School and, and the coach was like I don't know why this kid would do this. this this is not a good situation this and that and they never interviewed me about the story and you look and it's like well, well God I've been trying to do it the right way and I feel like you've been there. Why am I being attacked in this situation? And you, can, and you can be at that spot and you can go to the complain mode. You can go to the whine mode. You can go to act like it doesn't bother you and then it just builds up. And then there's other situations where through once I got saved, I did a lot of mentoring with different kids. There was a kid who I probably spent more time with than any other kid. He, he came from a tough situation. There was times where he was homeless. There was times where things that would take days to talk about that he went through. And I know I promised his, his family that I would see him through. I'd make sure he graduates high school, get him to college, all the other things. And it was an up and down thing. There was a lot of sacrifices of time, emotion, prayer, money. And then it gets to the point where it's just like, was all of this a waste? Because he kind of turned around the other direction and things haven't been looking good for a while. And you can get into that point and you're just like, was, was, this a, was this a failure or was this something I wasn't supposed to be doing? And, and all kinds of questions can creep in whenever you're under attack. So if you're taking notes, the title of this message is going to be, Don't Let Your Faith Fail. And we'll start off with prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for an opportunity to be in this house, to be in your presence, Lord God. We've seen many lives changed in this place, Lord God. We've seen miracles, Lord God. And it is by faith in you, Lord God, in your power that you have done those things, Lord God. And we're seeking you and we're calling on your name again, Lord God, that you will touch hearts in this place and that we will leave changed, we will leave transformed, we will leave with our eyes on you and that our faith will rise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, we'll, we'll start in Luke chapter 22. Say amen when you're there. We're going to actually be in verse 31. 
Amen. So it says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. That means Jesus is pretty serious if he calls your name twice. I know uh, when I was growing up, if my mom called my name once, I knew I was in trouble. So if it was twice, <laughs> I probably blamed it on one of my brothers. But it says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that, may, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have another plan that's easy and fun. Does anybody see that? Is that the New Living 2020 translation? Let's see what it says up here. Do I pray for you that your faith should, oh, I guess it doesn't say another plan that's easy and fun. It says, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So as we look at that verse, it says, I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Notice Jesus didn't say, hey, Satan has a plan to take you out, but don't worry about it. I got this other plan. There's nothing that he can, there's no way he can attack you. There's no problems you're going to have. There's no issues in life. He didn't say that. He said, but I prayed for you. So notice Jesus is in heaven and he's praying for us. So, so a lot of times we think about we go through a struggle, we go through a problem, and you know we got to get on our knees and pray. But sometimes we don't think about Jesus is actually praying for us, saying, hey, I've prepared you. Don't let your faith fail. So it says, I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And Jesus, he was speaking to Peter at this time. And we all know as the story goes on, Peter goes on to deny Jesus three times. So Jesus knew what was coming. So we go through situations, those same situations I, I, I named earlier, where it's just like, why did this happen? Jesus knew those situations were coming. And, and we live in a real world. We live in a fallen world, so things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen to good people. Good things are going to happen to bad people. But, but the Lord says, I've prayed that your faith does not fail. So even, even as that coach that I was just talking about where I know they can make the times. In their mind, they don't think they can because they're distracted by all types of things. Jesus is in heaven saying, you can get through that. There's this situation that seems impossible, this situation that you don't know where it came from, you can get through that. I'm praying for you. So not only are you praying to him, but he's praying for us. So obviously Peter was redeemed, and I want us to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. So after Peter went through all of this, he left us with some advice. In verse 8, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. So Peter's not just saying this out of a Bible story that he was told. He actually experienced this. It says, the adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So I want us to also read it again from the NLT. It might be a little easier for us to understand. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. It says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of sufferings you are. 
so we're not alone. It's, it's so easy to go through a struggle or, or something's happening with our kids or something's happening at work or our finances are being attacked and we feel like nobody knows what I'm going through. There's, there's other people around going through the same situations or, or you might be under attack and it's just like, how can I get myself out of this? And that's the first problem because we're not going to get ourselves out of it. We have to have our faith in him. So when you look at it, it says, don't let your faith fail. You can think, okay, what does that really mean? So we're going to break it down. The dictionary definition of faith, it says, it's a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Now, we don't live by the dictionary. We're going to go off what the Bible says. The Bible definition in Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we break it down, and it's like, okay, so now I know what faith means. How do I not let it fail? So how can I increase my faith? So Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I'll read it again. It says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So it's very important that we guard ourselves, we guard our minds, we guard our eyes, we guard everything that we put in. Because everything that we put in is always going to come out. So if, if we're feeding ourselves worldly things, now when we're facing a situation, we're going to act in a worldly way. If we're in a situation where we're feeding ourselves spiritual things, but there's still little things of the world creeping in, now when we're faced with trials and situations, is going to be a conflict. Now these, these trials, they can last a little longer because our mindset is, is mixed. It, we're fighting the flesh and we're fighting the spirit. And that's why it says that we're supposed to guard our thoughts and guard our minds in these situations. So when we're going through these, these trials and these times of testing, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. beginning in verse 6. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, that's a promise. That's not a, hey, you know what, if you get bad news by the doctor, you're on your own. It's saying, be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I think Pastor Dwayne was up here earlier talking about we want things to happen immediately. At the snap of the finger, we want, we want God to move. We want God to do this in, in our time. And we serve a God that it's, it's all going to be by his time. We can't, we can't do things by just the snap of a finger. And I'm going to just get a little off topic for a second because I think half of us zoned out a little bit. But speaking of a snap of a finger... Whenever I have car rides with Bria, it's always entertaining. So there was a song, a praise and worship song playing, and I started snapping. And she was like, Daddy, stop. And I was like, why? She was like, don't do that. <laughs> I was like, you just said that because you don't know how. And she's like, yes, I do. So she's trying to snap with her pointer finger, and it's not working. It's not making any noise. I said, Bria, you just don't know how. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So we get in here. Uh, the praise team is practicing and we get into the prayer room. 
So she's, she's not praying, but she's in there, and she's sitting down, and she's quiet, so that's good enough for me. And I was like, wow, she's, she might really be doing something. And then she taps me, and I'm thinking maybe, maybe a thought came in her head or something. She said, Daddy, look, I got it. And she started trying to snap. At least she used the right finger. It wasn't much noise coming on, but she tried her best. All right, so as we continue on, we'll go to John chapter 15, verse 16. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's Jesus' words. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So as we break that down, we'll look at the part in the beginning. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, meaning that it was already planned. Whatever, whatever attacks the enemy may throw at you, the solution was already planned before the attack even came. It was appointed. And then he says, Jesus gives us a promise that says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And it's one of those things when we pray, and we pray for a specific thing, we don't know. Sometimes we might have to go to point A, to point B, to point G, to point, like we might skip some points. It's God's plan. It's not ours. But he promises us that whatever we ask in his name that he would give us. So just going back to that, to that story of when we were at the altar and, and Pastor Abe was praying for my wife and said that the pregnancy would be perfect. And then seven months, six months pass and we're at the hospital and she's not breathing. Then eventually she breathes and then she has seizures and she has to be rushed to, the, to another hospital. So you could, we could be at that point and, and in the moment we could say, man, I don't, I don't, what happened to all things work together for the good and what happened to these promises, and, but those are situations where the enemy wants your faith to fail. Jesus, Jesus told us, he said, he already prayed for us. And that as long as our faith doesn't fail, we're going to be fine. And it also in that verse it says, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Meaning you're going to go through something, but as long as your faith doesn't fail, you're going to have the strength to go to your brothers and sisters in Christ and lift them up when they go through things. So as that story goes on, one of the things I always prayed for my daughter, I believe my wife did the same thing, even before she was born, we always prayed that she would have a strong relationship with Christ at a very young age. And, a, and we were both very specific in saying at a very young age, and not just a head knowledge, but a real relationship with Jesus. And it's one of those things where well, for a, a young child to have a real experience, a born-again experience, and have a true understanding, they're probably going to go through something. And now, when we're praying that, we're just praying that she's going to pop up out the womb and praise the Lord and understand what she's talking about. But it doesn't always work like that. And, and even her, her middle name, her middle name is Amarachi. So in Igbo, that, that means God's grace. So we didn't know at the time when we named her that it was going to be by God's grace that she was able to make it. But th what the enemy tries to do is, you know, you know you prayed for her to have a relationship with Christ at a young age, but I'm going to mess it all up. I'm going to try to take her out. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. 
But everything that God promised us that we prayed for, that we asked in Jesus' name, is still coming to pass. She's still praying. She's still doing. She's, she even had a time where her, uh, her speech therapist was actually asking us about, well, can you tell us more about your church? Because Bria was saying this and saying that. And so she, she's out there telling the therapist, hey, pray before your food. And, and she still has a way to go because some days she's a child of God and the other day she says she's a mouse. So we're still, we're still working on things with her. But it's one of those things as we step back and as things have gone on, we can see how, you know what? God, you answered our prayers. It didn't come about the way maybe we would have liked, but it's coming out together that no matter what the enemy says, like he said to Simon, you can put yourself in these shoes. So I'll, I'll put myself in, in the story in, in Luke 22. It says, and the Lord says, Brian, Brian, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat or that he may sift your child as wheat or that he may sift your, your spouse as wheat. It says, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And so as we, as we continue on, I'll, I'll go back to the story of when they try to attack my character and say, oh, this guy, he's not really doing anything. Why would this kid go there or go here or whatever the case may be? So that was probably last June or something like that. So fast forward, and the kid has literally the, the time of his life. He has the best season, the best growth on and off the court. And he's actually um, the highest rated player in the state of Texas in probably over 20 some years. So he went from people saying, well, why would you go there? This guy doesn't care. This guy doesn't do this to now he's number three, four in the country. But it's not about a ranking. A ranking doesn't get you saved. But it's the little things where I remember one time, this was probably in May, I was walking to a gym. I was in Duncanville and I ran across his grandma. Sometimes you, you never know if these kids are really listening. So I did an interview some months back and they asked me questions. So obviously I'm, 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 I shared my testimony in the interview and, and told them why I do things and why I am the way I am and how I got saved. So his grandma was like, Coach Brian, thank you so much for everything you do, you've done. You've changed my grandson. Um, he had the whole family on Easter come together and listen to your interview. We, we can't go to church. Our church is closed. So that was our Easter message. And, and we thank you so much. And this, this, and that. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't even know. He was paying attention. But it's one of those things where you can look at it and people are attacking you and saying things about you that aren't true. And you can be like, oh, why me? There, there's no point in Luke 22 where Jesus said, when Satan comes to sift you as wheat, throw a pity party. When, when Satan comes to sift you as wheat, turn the other cheek. There, there's no part that says that. The definition of faith says complete trust. Complete, not we can't have a partial trust in Christ and expect to get through trials and situations. And, and not just a trust, but a confidence. So I can, I can trust that when I go home, me and my wife, we, we paid a lot of unnecessary money for security. They kind of they got us. 
I know wherever we move, I, it's probably not good to say it online, but wherever we move next, we're not getting security. It's a, it's a waste of money. <laughs> it, was, it was a waste of money. So they got us. We were, we were emotional. We were happy. We got a new home. There's, we got window protection. At that time, there was only like two houses on our street. So wherever we go next, we're not getting security. But anyway, I have, it's one thing to have the, the confidence. So like faith is, it says complete trust or confidence. I trust that there's nobody going to come into our house or whatever, whatever. But when you have confidence, you don't, you don't walk with your head down. So when a trial comes or an attack comes, if you trust that God can do something, you know he's going to do it but you can still be walking a little bit in defeat because you don't know when he's going to do it. You don't know exactly how he's going to do it. But when you walk in confidence, you can walk with your head up because you know he's going to do it. It's not, I'm not worried about when or how. I just know he's going to do it because my confidence is in Christ. And I know he's praying for me. Think, think about, I always feel comfortable when, when my wife or my mom or, shoot, even Bria prays for me. But we have Jesus praying for us every single time we go through a trial. The person we pray to is praying for us. If we don't have confidence in that, we really got to wake up. So I remember even, even a time where when I, was, when I was starting that program and I was trying to build it from scratch and, and trying to find ways to do this and do that and even got myself in, in debt in the process of it. And I remember there was a time I was just praying, like, God, just give me a sign that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was meeting with one of the teachers, and he kind of could sense that I was stressed out. He was like, Brian, hey, don't forget, we're, we're doing God's work. And it was just those little things that is like, yeah, I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path. And obviously, God has opened up doors to where now the, the things that used to be expenses, they're, they're all covered, and we've had a lot of different opportunities because of that. But it's one of those things where if you allow your faith to fail, then the devil wins. It's easy to look at it as a game, and it might be corny to say, hey, we're on Jesus' team. But at the end of the day, you're either on his team or you're not. You either trust him or you don't. And so just, just continuing on, there's been times where just mentoring kids, and it's like, man, this is the kid I spent the most time with, and it's like this was a waste. And then you get those kids who, I guess they're not kids anymore now, some of them are like 21, and they reach out and they're like, hey, Coach Brian, I just want to let you know that I gave my life to Christ and I appreciate everything you've always said and done and this and that. And those are one of those things where you sit back and it's like, well, what if I would allow my faith to fail in the past? What would have happened in this kid's life? So maybe we're here tonight and there's situations where we're kind of wavering on like, is God really going to see me through in this situation? Can this situation really be turned around? Can this person that I've been praying for to, to come back, will they really come back to the Lord? But God's saying, put your name in that verse. Satan asked for you that he may sift you as wheat but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So one of the last couple of verses that we're going to read is in Exodus chapter 34. 
verse 10, it says, And behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among you who are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. And that's a promise from God. But how many of us know Peter had that same promise? That was in Exodus. So that was in the Old Testament. So when Peter denied Jesus, when Peter went through those situations, he had those same promises. But for our faith to not fail, we have to exercise faith. So when we're going through a trial, I believe that, and we'll get to it in Matthew 26. You don't have to go there for the sake of time. But verse 40 says, Then he came to the disciples, this is Jesus, and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? You could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, this is before Jesus, this is before Peter denied Jesus. So, when, when Jesus was saying, hey, Peter, you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to get in that word. Think, things are coming up. And Peter went to sleep. And how many of us, things are going good and we can get comfortable where Jesus is saying, hey, you need to pray. Think, things are on the horizon. Satan's asking to sift you as wheat. But we're like, hey, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Hey, I got a raise last week. My kids are staying out of trouble. The weather isn't too hot. <laughs> I knew I'd get that amen. The weather's not too hot. There's all kinds of things where we get comfortable. And, and the Lord is saying, this is not the time. If you, if you stay in prayer, if you stay reading the word, now when those trials come, they're not going to take you off guard. Jesus literally warned Peter before he was about to deny him. He said, Peter, pray. And he went to sleep. And then he had to go through shame. Peter had to go through guilt. Peter had to go through heartbreak. And remember, Peter was one of the disciples just like Judas. Luckily, Peter came back and his faith didn't fail him. But Judas' faith failed him. Judas was in the same situation. He denied Jesus. He, he basically was the one that turned him in. But Judas could have been redeemed. He could have been restored. But he was, he was caught off guard and Satan already attacked his heart. And he didn't want to repent. And we know how that story ended. So how many of us would like, pastor always preaches about prevention. Like before the problem happens, if we already know the solution, why don't we just do it? Why do, why do we have to, to sleep? Pastor Dwayne was talking about those three minutes could, could change everything. And sometimes I'm at the point where just, just a minute, I feel like a minute could change my day of, of, of some sleep. <laughs> my wife, we, sometimes we have times where we might take a nap after church or whatever, or someone has to get up, and, and we talk about the that alarm, Pastor Dwayne talked about the alarm going off or somebody waking you up before. And, and one thing I know I don't have to argue with my wife about is if it's, hey, we got another minute and a half to sleep. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, what, what is that extra rest going to do for you? When, when you know that the time that we're in, especially in this day and age that we're in right now, where we know Jesus' return could be at any moment. 
we shouldn't have to get to the point where we're at rock bottom before we, we have to get in and pray and, and have faith. Like we want to be at that point where it says the definition of faith, complete trust or confidence, meaning that when we're attacked, I'm not going to stumble. I'm not going to be that kid that's just running and shaking his head and making it look like he's doing something, but at the end of the day, he's not doing anything. I'm going to be that one who's just continuing to run and remaining steadfast. That's what Jesus is looking for. So whenever you're going through trials and you're in situations where, and I, and I, can, and I can thankfully say that, being in men's discipleship, having a pastor like we do, he prepares us. He prepares us for situations that we think are just unbearable. I remember whenever the, the doctor said that, that Bria was having seizures and my wife was still in the hospital because she couldn't be released yet and first child and I'm driving following the ambulance to another hospital. Those are, those are situations where you can have all kinds of thoughts in your head. But I'm so thankful that I have a pastor that texts me the eyes emojis if you don't make it to men's discipleship. And I was probably getting texts for months. I probably got so used to him, especially when I first got saved. I was just like, oh, this is just the stuff he sends to everybody, just like the verse of the day. Until I realized, oh, he actually wants me to come. <laughs> But it's one of those things, those moments prepare you for situations that you could never expect to where they don't, they, don't, they don't make you question your faith. I can say, honestly, throughout that whole time, everything we had to go through, there was never a time where I was like, man, is God real? Is God? It never crossed my mind. And just off of reading these verses and, and Luke, it's, just, it's such an encouragement. I joked at the beginning just saying how, just Bria saying she want to listen to daddy was enough encouragement. Just knowing that Jesus is in heaven. I, I can't say it enough. Jesus is in heaven praying for us when we go through trials. Praying for us. Cheering us on. Saying, hey, I brought you out of this. I brought you out of that. I know you can do it. So why would we waste time? If the, the, the verse Out of that verse, what we should really be focusing on is the end part. It says, strengthen your brethren. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have to waste too much time in the verse 32. It says, and when you have returned to me, we should never leave. He's, he's the source. He's our provider. He's our healer. He's our protector. Why leave? What, what else is better than, than Jesus? What else, what else can take us out of a situation? What else can turn something that we think is impossible around? So as we go to the Lord in prayer with every head bowed and eyes closed, let's take this as a challenge that not only are we just going to get in the word and, and pray, but we're going we're gonna to have that confidence, the complete confidence and trust in Jesus that whenever we're attacked, we, we recognize it early. Oh, this, this is just another plan of Satan. I, I'm not worried about this. Jesus is praying for me. He, my faith's not going to fail. I'm, I'm going to use this situation to bless somebody else. So, dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for an opportunity to hear your word, Lord God. Lord, I pray that 
our confidence in you has grown tonight, Lord Jesus, that we are reminded of your goodness, that we're reminded of your promises. Your word tells us that in Matthew 6, it says, if we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that all things will be added unto us. And as Pastor Dwayne said earlier, it might not be in the time we want it, Lord God, but we have the, the promise that it will be added unto us if our priorities are in order. And maybe you're in this place tonight and you've been going through some real battles and you're wondering, is, is Jesus hear my prayers? You're wondering, is there a way out of this? And Jesus, Jesus has been praying for you. He's been praying for you. He's, he's saying, hey, if I saved you, if I changed you, if I brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light, whatever situation we're going through is nothing. He's already defeated it on the cross. Jesus told us that it is finished. So there's no need to, to walk in, in doubt or worry or fear or shame. We, ha we have the perfect advocate in heaven. And maybe you're in this place tonight and you've never given Jesus lordship of your life. Maybe you, you've heard some of these stories and testimonies and you're like, can God do that for me? Maybe you're in this place tonight and you're saying, I, I would love to have that confidence in Jesus. When, when trials come, I usually get worried or, or I doubt or I have fear or I look for other, other solutions. But tonight, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He's tugging at your heart. He's saying, you can accept me as your Lord and Savior and you can have that confidence. You can have that trust that I'll see you through no matter what attack the enemy throws at you. And if you're in this place tonight and, and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that you can walk in that confidence and trust in him, I just ask that you will just lift up your hand with no eyes looking, with every head bowed and every eyes closed. You're in this place and you want to accept Jesus in your heart tonight. I know I was in this place eight years ago where I thought I thought it was impossible to have a real relationship with Jesus. I thought it was just a, a head knowledge. Just know the rules. Know that he died for you. Know that he's coming back and that's good enough. Jesus doesn't want us to be robots because we live in a real world. He's asking for us to have a true relationship with him. He's real as that person is to your right or to your left. He hears you. And unlike that person to your right or to your left, Jesus has the power to change your situation. He has the power to change your family. He has the power to change your thought life. He has the power to change your addiction if you let him, if you surrender to him. If you're in this place and you've backslidden, you've gone back to your old ways, but, but tonight you're ready to come back home, Jesus has been praying for you. He was praying for you before you even decided to turn your back. And he's, and he's ready to welcome you with open arms. And if we can all rise and, and stand to our feet. As we get ready to come to the altars and pray, maybe there's something that had nothing to do with this message, but it, it's on your heart. It's something that you need to pray for. Maybe it's a situation that you gave up on, that, you, that your faith, it failed you on. You, you feel like God can't do something in that situation. But tonight, but tonight you, you've been reminded 
there's nothing that's impossible for God. We had those Wednesday prayer meetings and I can, if I had some more time, I could give testimonies of what the Lord did even in those times of just prayer. And like when we pray, a lot of times we think that we're praying to a God who's, who's way up there, but he's here. He's here. He hears those prayers. He knows the things you're supposed to be praying for, but maybe you've lost hope. So as we go to the Lord in prayer and the time of the altar, let's, let's really have a seriousness and a trust and a faith that God will move in our situations. Amen. The altars are open. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.